Congratulations. You're listening to Wait Long by the River, the podcast where I sit opposite a creative person and encourage them to share things that they'd never put on social media, slash a job application, slash tell their parents. Today's episode is a corker. Bex Chilcott, known on stage as Ruby Boots, who talked circles around me in this podcast, I'm not afraid to admit. She's a wonderful performer and I think she's the patron saint of outspoken people. In this show, she talks about her time spent alone at sea off the coast of Western Australia, co-writing with her idols, The Waifs, and about her commitment to helping people with mental illness. She also uses hip London slang I've never heard, name checks some amazing new Australian artists that I'll link to on the Facebook page, and opens up about living out of a suitcase for the last couple of years. Anyway, come check out the show live at Sunvolve at Morning in Clifton Hill, first Wednesday of every month, and get onto Facebook and Twitter to tell us what you think about Ruby and whatever else we're putting up on the internet. Anyway, that's enough out of me. On with the show.
Thank you. Oh, no, but we've missed all the material. information about your, uh, your <laughs> antihistamine eye drops. <laughs> reminded me. This is off the record. Hey, everyone, thanks for coming, and I'll intro, intro the show in a second. I just thought you might be interested. Uh, antihistamines have never made me drowsy before, and I got these antihistamine eye drops because I kept getting pollen in my eyes and <laughs> no good. And I put them in, and I swear to God, they're making me drowsy, which makes me think that you can ingest drugs through your eyes. And then once you go looking on the internet for stuff about ingesting drugs in your eyes, don't. It's no good. It's really bad for you. Um, anyway, thanks for coming, everybody. For those of you, especially down the back, who don't know what's going on, um, this is a, a live interview show that we do. And uh, I'll do a proper intro now, and we'll get talking, and we'll just talk for a while, and it'll be really fun. Straight me, after me, me, a me. big glass of wine. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to Wait Long by the River, the show where we're not afraid to have our climactic showdown in the Hall of Mirrors that we know lies inside the psyche of every good singer-songwriter. Uh, that's a bit of a nod to Alfred Hitchcock there, I think. Uh, my name's James Fay. I'm going to be your host tonight, and I'm really privileged to have on someone that I've been... I've been looking forward to this for months, actually. <laughs> Me too. I, yeah, because we booked <laughs> a long time ago, and it's just been... The date has been creeping ever closer. Uh, really happy to welcome on. I don't even know. We'll have to talk about this. Ruby Boots, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you. Were you just about to say I, I don't even know who, who I have here on, on stage with no, me? I've just had a mental blank from all the eye drops <laughs> that I've been injecting into my eyes. Yeah, I distracted myself. No, it's about because um, you have your own name and you have a stage name, but maybe your stage name is your band name. I'm really not clear on this. Nobody is. Okay, good. So, uh, <laughs> what, how, how may I address you, Ms. Boots Chilcott? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, part of my real name, just the part that I don't like. No, I my last name. I know the, well, I know the Boots crazy Chilcott. first half, too. <laughs> yeah, Bex. You can call me Bex. Yeah, cool. Bex. Yeah. And then when I play a song, you can call me Ruby Boots. How's that sound? Do you get into character? You do get you confused? sort of do you disappear into your own psyche? Totally like Ziggy Stardust, all that kind of stuff. Well, thanks for coming on the show. As I said, I was really excited. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, as soon as I started yeah. doing this, people, especially around the Yarra Hotel, that scene of awesome singer-songwriters, people immediately started saying, oh, you got to talk to Ruby, man. She's outspoken and dangerous. <laughs> um, and has and like armed. a red ring to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you? Just dangerous. Yeah, no, no cool. Not armed tonight. Red band dangerous <laughs> tonight. So um, tell us a little bit, a bit about yourself. I know you're from WA, and I've heard a lot about you being on a purling boat, but I don't know if that's the kind of thing that you've told a million times and are sick of telling. <laughs> Is that I didn't talk about it for many years, so it's, it's, I'm glad it's not a story I'm, I'm sick of yet, but yeah, I am great. from WA. I'm from Perth in WA, and um, I'm happy to be in Melbourne. I like Melbourne a lot better. and uh, mm. Except the traffic. Um, except the tra I like, I'm just not, I don't mind the traffic. I'm just not used to it, and it, it affects my, uh, my budget. Because the cab yeah. cab fares are quite large, even though you're just going up the road, but that's okay. You know, I can get used to it. Mm -hmm. I'll start understanding that where which street the 96 runs up soon, yeah. and the 86. I'll I'll be able to tell the difference between is it uh, don't tell me Nicholson and Ligon is that? Yeah, Ligon has yeah. heaps of delicious food on it, and Nicholson something something beanbag store. Right, beanbag stores. <laughs> yeah, right, okay. Just the one, yeah. but it's like it's a it's a big <laughs> one. Really Once I start getting the hang of transport, it'll be great. But I love Melbourne, um, I, I really do. And uh, but I am from Perth, and I did spend a lot of time on um, the pearling boats in the northern part of WA. So um, 
usually by now I would have said the uh, C and F word about six times because I was working with, you know, 20 or 30 burly men that swore a lot. So Rubs off that on you. took a little bit of training to get out of that. But uh, but uh, here I am on stage and haven't sworn once. So we're off to a good start. Well, look, if... If yeah. you at all, I- even halfway, because uh, iTunes is sort of an American program, they just have explicit or not explicit when you put the podcast up. And uh, if you say, gosh darn it, I'm pretty sure you have to say explicit. So oh, look, explicit. free reign. Okay. Just Great. say whatever the... Yeah. I'll wet, get back into my uh, Vex pearling boat <laughs> moniker again. And you say pearling boats. It wasn't like there was one. It wasn't like you spent your whole career on the calendula. <laughs> it wasn't glamorous. No. Really? <laughs> yeah, they were much. They were about the size of this room, and and there was lots of them. Yeah, and we spent usually ten to twelve hours out at sea a day, and Ooh. and uh, we the rest of the time we lived on a on a houseboat. And uh, I think w- one of the places I worked at was on a, on a remote farm on on like an island somewhere. Mm-hmm. So that was good, and uh, we used to smuggle rum out there because they were dry camps, so Ooh. to keep us occupied. But. Uh, yeah, that's where I learned how to play guitar. That's it, it kind of got to the point where I needed something to do and, uh, and I found a guitar and I something started playing it. Something other than rum. Something other than rum, yeah. yes. So or in we, conjunction. It was, we just wanted to be pirates because we were on the, on the ocean. Yeah, did you, did you get into that thing? Because that's, that's been a real sort of aesthetic recently. I'm surprised you didn't get into the whole heave-ho... <laughs> Like anchor As part tattoo. of my stage performance or yeah, <laughs> to incorporate my story into my performance as a pirate or is it that... Have you thought about it? I, ha- I, I have to, obviously. Yeah. I'm missing the trend. Do you have any songs on the topic? On pirates? Well, on being lost at sea with a bunch of burly, scary men and trying not to swear too much. In all seriousness, no. But I do have a lot of songs. It, like I feel like a lot of my songs were developed from the isolation and the solitude. And because it was very isolated, we spent three weeks out at sea and wouldn't mm-hmm. um, put our feet on any kind of land. So, um, And I think the isolation was something that really helped me reflect as a person when I was out there. On all the stupid things I'd done on my week off when I was mm-hmm. <laughs> in the city, a little deeper than that. So mm. a lot of my songs with stem are about loneliness, isolation, solitude, that kind of stuff. So yeah, pearls, and yeah. <laughs> rum. I hate pearls, but I love rum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with all that time for reflection, did a different Bex go out and start that job than the Bex that came home? Other than the fact that you got better at guitar and swearing. I'm still very similar to how I was <laughs> as a kid, very loud and very excitable and very fast. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't think I've changed much even with the boats happening, but it definitely gave me enough money to get the fuck out of Perth and that's why I was out there. Oh, so yeah, nice. <laughs> that was a really good part of it. If you'd recommend it to anybody who was perhaps in between jobs, bit of a Melbourne hipster, needs to raise some cash in a hurry. Um... <laughs> Look, it, it's a really beautiful. It was a. It's a beautiful job because you know we were out there with the whales when they were there, and there were sharks every day, and and cool. you know we got to swim during Smoko, like jump off the the top of the the boat, and you know it was it was nice, nice weather. It was always really warm up there um, until the wet season starts, and then um, there was this stuff called. Oh, I can't even remember what it's called. Sting. It's a stinging weed that grows on the ropes. And in right. wet season, obviously, everything grows much faster because it's so hot and it's under ocean. So, And you'd be pulling everything up and it'd just be burning all your arms. Yeah. That, that, so I left about a month into wet season most times. And I, I bet took they a get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it, was, it was a really nice job just working out, out at sea and, and not being in the city for a while. It was good. Mm-hmm. And so did you write – I mean, did you write a whole batch of material while you were out there – 
form the core of what you were going to start with? I uh, I started writing out at, out at sea, and uh, I it's funny enough I caught up with um the girl I was kind of dossing with back in Perth for a couple of months just Hold recently. On, what is dossing? Oh, dossing is kind of just couch surfing. I've been couch surfing for going on two years, so oh, um, I thought it was like ship to shore slang. I thought yeah, dossing no, meant dossing's the, the L- London. That's the London way of saying that you're bumming around on someone's couch, right? Dossing. Okay. Really? I just well. saw one nod from the hippest looking guy in the room and everybody else is sort of like, oh, interesting. Yeah, so um, that, that gives you serious credentials just then using a word that... That you didn't like, know? No, no, no. That, <laughs> well, yes. In my mind, yes. <laughs> Bit of solipsism here. That's my whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I bumped into um, one of the girls I worked with. Her name was Adelaide. And she said, I listen to your stuff. You were much better than when you drove everyone nuts on the houseboats trying to learn <laughs> how to play your G chord. <laughs> oh, great. Especially like swaying to and fro. That must have made it a little bit harder. Yeah, the walls were really, really thin out there. Like, and I, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> they were really thin out there. Everyone could hear what I was doing and trying to learn how to play guitar. So I, I definitely drove some people mad. Yep. Did that, did that mean that your guitar playing started off quiet compared to the rest of your personality? <laughs> I don't think anything I can do can start off quiet. It's just not in you, is it? I don't know if quiet is part of my being. Oh, that's good to know. That's great for a stage performer because, you know, it's often like a lot of people start with the music and then struggle to, to find some way to fill the gaps. But obviously you, you haven't had much trouble with that. Yeah, it, just because it wasn't quiet doesn't mean it was good. <laughs> it, was, it still drove everyone nuts. Yeah, good point, good point. So how'd you hit on the name? It sounds to me kind of like a Nashville reboot of Wizard of Oz. Right. Like Wizard of Oz my, is my, one of my favourite movies oh, of great. all time. So it's kind of like you click the Ruby boots together and you're like, actually, we're still in Kansas, Toto, kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Is that, that's not... Is, can, is you, uh, can you type that out so I can copy and paste that every time? Uh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, because I'll send I'm, you the transcript. I really like that one. That one's... That one's great. Luckily, this is all recorded for posterity. I just <laughs> found out that every podcast being made in Australia that gets onto the airwaves goes into the National Archives <laughs> to be saved for like a thousand years. So not to put any pressure on. but uh, Sure, someone's going to want to dig this up in a thousand years. Well, it may be the only bit of culture left. They may be <laughs> trying to deduce from what we're saying the language. In sure. which case, they'll know DOS, which DOS, is good. DOS, they'll know DOS. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They might think we were speaking Spanish just for a second. <laughs> Cleverly. Mm-hmm. Actually, I just found out that the Spanish word for luck is suerte, which is weird because it doesn't sound like the French have chance and we have chance and French have glücklich and it sounds like luck, but suerte? I don't know. Is that right? Can you test to that? Oh, there you go. It's my Spanish-speaking friend at the back. Oh, great. So what's I just wanted to make sure you were just not making um, great conversation. No, yeah, good, because I'm full of great conversation, <laughs> which is to say bald-faced lies. That's cool. <laughs> I can go all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, really though, did you just did you just pick? Were you looking for a character? Did you? I had an addiction to red boots. I had about mm. sixty-five pairs of red boots, and it was actually that's good conversation. No, I did. I had 65. I had over sixty pairs of well, red shoes and boots. They weren't all boots, but they, they yeah, it was a problem. What was the name of that woman in the Philippines who was the? Yes, you're like the Imelda Marcos of country music. You've got you've spent. You have a fortune in shoes. Well, I, I got rid of them and then called my name, my, my band Ruby Boots. Oh, and that testament. was kind of like a, a, an addiction kicker. That's great. Like rehab. Yeah. Ruby Boots Rehab. Ruby Boots Rehab. Yeah, wow. 
How did it work? This is what's go- this is what's going to happen if my music fails. <laughs> start a rehab center for people with an addiction for red boots. Yeah, what's yeah. your secret? Yeah. Is it just cold turkey? Yeah, it was. I got rid of them. I was th- I, anyway, I, I just actually I had a bit of a revelation. I just got really pissed off that I was I was atta- so attached to something that was so materialistic. And I know that's laying it on thick, fairly thick, but it's true. I, it was t- started to get to me. I was like, why am I so attached to something? These are just fucking shoes. You know, get rid of them. Yeah. Because you don't really need, you know, you need two pairs of shoes, maybe three. Once you had that, mm. m- maybe four. Once maybe you had, four. <laughs> once you had that momentum up, did it carry through? Did you chuck everything else out? Did you like strip your life bare? I got rid of a lot of stuff. I got rid of. I've been living out of a suitcase for nearly two years. So I, I, I that was a point where I started to say, like, I, I really just don't want a lot of stuff. I mean, I have all my Apple Mac products, of course, but uh, yeah. you know, n- aside from that, I don't need all the other stuff. Yeah, because. Uh, we for an artist who is sort of given an itinerary and can jump from one place to another, I feel like it's probably a bit easier carrying all your life on your back. But you're a self-managed artist. Mm-hmm. So you have to, with your Apple products in tow, presumably, <laughs> you have to keep that business side alive even though you're packing and unpacking every time you go from one place to another. Is that is that really hard? Uh the unpacking and packing up bit or the business side of stuff? Well, <laughs> or both. <laughs> start with packing and unpacking because it seems simpler. Yeah, it's a. I guess it's a little touchy subject for me at the moment because I feel... I just felt like I was at the end of my tether uh, recently with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm in Melbourne for eight weeks and I, uh, I was riding down Albert Street in Brunswick the other day. I had Ryan Adams in my, my ears. New album? Not the new album. No, I had Cold Roses on, but oh, I have heard great. the new album. I do love it. So, and if anyone says it sounds like Tom Petty, fuck off. Like, just go away. Isn't that <laughs> Let's good? Just, just go away. All right. He's Let's nailed just... that AM radio sound. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you. You can stay. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, and I had I had totally forgotten the, the feeling of stability. Like I, I was reali- realizing that I, I was going home for like, you know, the fourth day in a row home for the, that for two months. And I, I had a really big grin on my face and I was like, wow, I'd, I'd forgotten what it was like to connect with some kind of stability and routine. And uh, so, yeah, it can get really hard sometimes, but I'm here for two months now and, and it, it's, it's a good feeling to be stable. Two months feels like stability at this point? At this point, it yeah, does. Yeah, nice. It's the longest I've been in one place for about a year and a half. So Yeah, it takes yeah. you almost to Christmas, which are you a family type? Do you go back to your family for Christmas? Um, I Perth? try and uh, explore other cities in Christmas at Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good idea. Look, I always love the idea of orphans' Christmases. I think that they're so cool, everyone getting together, expats from all over the world and hanging out. Like It's a wonderful yeah. time of year with the streets empty. Yeah, they're yeah. the they're the best Christmases I've had. Mm. The orphans' Christmas. Traveling around and stuff. You've been flat out recently, right? You did you just got back from Big Sound? Recently? I just got back. We just got back from Big Sound. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That was cool. Went was back. It, was it? Perth. Yeah. No, it was great. Uh, I had a really good time. It was my first Big Sound, and mm-hmm. I had. Uh, I think for me at the moment, I had you know most of my dream players on stage with me, and and that was really special. Cool. For me, and uh, Brisbane was kind of fun for a change. It was. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, do you feel like the music... Sorry, I don't mean to offend anyone who actually likes Brisbane. No, no, we we all (laughs) live in Melbourne. It's kind of like Brisbane and Perth. Because you're under a lot of pressure there. Like, you only get to perform... Were you a showcase artist? You have, like, half an hour? Yeah, I did one showcase at the press club Mm -hmm. with a couple of other Melbourne bands, actually. 
And and then we went to Lefty's Old Time Hall, which oh, best venue in the, the country. Best, yeah, we did like the Lost uh, Lost Highway Showcase, the new record label that's out in Australia. So um, and that was fun. That was really fun. I yeah. love that place. Yeah. Did you have half an hour there as well, or you got up as part of a showcase and just rattled off a song or two, or was it a super group? What was the vibe? There was a cu- there was that vibe going on. The Morrisons were backing up a few people, like Shane Nicholson and all our exes live in Texas. Do you know those guys? They're yeah. amazing. They were there and, and so uh, – and then – but, yeah, I, I took my band off and we did a couple songs and then I asked to do a couple more and so we did a couple more and, mm-hmm. and uh, got all the girls up from, it, you know, all our exes and got a cut yeah. the washable player from Morrison. So it was it – was, you know, it was just a party really. You know, it was one of those things where they made it like a party and it was great. Everyone was getting really loose and <laughs> Lefties has great whiskey, so. It has great everything as far as I can tell. Everything's like, great about it. Yeah, free popcorn. I mean, how can you beat free popcorn? The popcorn was free? Well, it was for me. I, if they were charging you, you got ripped off. I just I just didn't get it because I didn't know it was free. I love popcorn. You ask and you shall receive. You just Popcorn's one of my favourite things. It's one of those things that you only get at the movies, you know, so it's such mm. a treat. So if you see it somewhere else, you've got to get it. you just got to ask. <sighs> I'm putting that in the album schedule just for the free fucking popcorn. And because it's one of the best venues. Oh, yeah, okay. And, and, and because of the popcorn. I hope that that's a trend that takes off too because Lefties, for those of you who haven't been there, it's in Brisbane, so presumably not many people. It's like an almost circular stage in the middle of a room that operates on a yeah. couple of different levels and so you're in and around and above and behind the band and the bar is down where the, the people can sort of see the band as they're serving drinks and stuff and, and they've just decorated it to the nines and there's whole other bars where if the music isn't to your taste you can disappear for a bit and then come back out and there's a place here called Forrester's Musical. Forrester's Musical? It just opened up. It has the same sort of layout. Hopefully, it's right, catching in on. in Brisbane. No, here. Oh, cool. Yeah, on I'll High have Street. To go and right check it out. High and Gertrude. Oh, is that Northcote? Uh, oh, so that's Brund. Sorry. That's Fitzroy. Smith and Gertrude. Thank you. Is that you. Fitzroy? It is. Oh, cool. Yeah, you're learning Melbourne. That's good. I know. I'm impressed. Anytime someone says any streets, uh, it's my. It's a game that I play. It's like pick the suburb. Yeah, oh, it's all new to me as well. So that's why I just stuffed that up so horribly. Ah. Yeah. Um. Is talking about the showcase type stuff a good opportunity for you to play a song? Do you feel song related sure. right now? Yeah, I'm ready to play a song. I feel so fucking weird being up here talking and not having played a song yet. Yeah, good. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it'll give people an idea what we're talking about too. I really like having – I like talking to you though. It's fine. You know, yeah, sweet. Well, we can but I like playing again. songs. Well, can you tell me – as we're talking, can you okay. tell me what, you, what you're going to play and why you'd pick the song you're going to pick? Yeah, I can. I can do that. They're going to phase you out. Do you want to talk about it afterwards? Nah, do it no, now. it's the just the story. On. It's the story is probably the longest story that I have for a song. Is that all right? Uh, please. Can I start we with the time. long story song or shall I just cut straight into the song? Long no, nah, story. Okay, this is all right. Story hey, wait, just twist my arm. Um, this is a song called Middle of Nowhere and uh, talking about the boats, I probably should have mentioned before is the reason why I started uh, writing was because I, I heard the waves blaring from a – from a speaker across, I was it was a land farm that I was started on, and we, we used to catch the, take the boats out every day from the land farm, catch a seaplane out there, <coughs> and uh, I heard the waves blaring from a speaker, and and I was just drawn to the to the song, and I went and asked what the song was, and I hadn't played, or I was still listening to really crap music back then, commercial radio stations, um, not quite, but Triple J, and uh, <coughs> seriously, and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I was obsessed with the CD Sink or Swim that they they'd released, and and I and from that moment on, I swore that I was going to play and write and and become a waif. You know, like it was just something that 
I had um, manifested for about 10 years and it got to the point where I'd done all that and uh, I'd, I'd, I'd sung and I'd written and, and, and felt fallen in love with that and then I, uh, I played with the Waifs in Perth and when it came to me trying to go over to America to do some co-writes, I hit their manager up for, a, uh, for um, some contacts with some co-writing over there and uh, he said, what about the girls? And I didn't know who he was talking about. And he said, you know, Vicky and Donna from The Waves, that band that you really like. I was like, oh, fuck, you're all right. That'd be great. <laughs> Do that. Let's line that up. So I ended up flying out to, uh, to Utah and Vicky picked me up from Utah in Salt Lake City and I stayed on her ranch for about a week. And I was, I was completely shitting myself because, you know, I just didn't know whether to tell the story like, you know, you're the reason why I started writing, right? You know, or, or just be that cool kind of, all right, we're just going to write songs and it's going to be fine and I'm not nervous about this at all anyway. I'm not like that at all. I can't hide what I'm thinking or feeling. So I, uh, about things like that. So I blurted it out. It was a five-hour drive and I fell asleep on the, uh, on the way home or to her ranch for about an hour and I woke up and she said, Welcome to the middle of nowhere. And I said, that's going to be the name of our first song tomorrow. Like, just putting it out there so that we'd have something to write about. And I wouldn't fall flat on my face. And we woke up and we wrote this song in about three or four hours the next day around the fire. Uh, just in her, in, on her ranch in, uh, in Boulder, in Utah. So, it's called Middle of Nowhere. Thanks for letting me. I love, I love telling that story. <laughs> it's the only story I like telling. <laughs>
Thank you. I feel hot, but I think my guitar feels a little hotter than I do. I'm going to have to retune that again. So, uh, that's yeah. Good from you. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Thanks yeah. for listening. Oh, anytime. And, um, uh, you know, if you need me to tell a joke or something while you retune, that's fine. But we can, we can sort it out later. That's easy. Or a lie. Yeah, I can tell <laughs> both. Uh, I heard one today. How many Germans does it take to change a light bulb? One, they're really efficient and just not that funny. <laughs> I gave you a chance, but you didn't. No, it's fine. No, I'm kidding. I was too engrossed. <laughs> yeah, enraptured by the joke. It was, it was that good. Um, you talk about co-writing. That's something that I always find kind of intimidating. Like it feels really good when you when you do it, but having, like you said, you learn locked in a room, trying not to offend anybody's ears. Um, do you do you find it difficult, or is it easy for you, or somewhere in the middle, or or what? What does it feel like? I think I think with anything like that. A lot, of, a lot of those, uh, you know, anything that's artistically challenging, I think it's both. It's always, there's always two sides to it, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I think absolutely it's it's uh, very intimidating and very challenging and it's uh, also very rewarding at the same time, you know, on so many levels. I think the thing about songwriting for me is uh, <laughs> you, you, you kind of have to, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I really don't like feeling, like I don't think the ego is a good thing to have in music I think you know being open and, and kind of feeling and compromising is a really good thing because you're always learning but it's not the ego it's it's the uh it's I guess throwing everything without uh fear or hesitation out there you know you can't you can't just hold back on ideas because otherwise there are no ideas mm -hmm. you know to throw out when you're together and and uh, it's surprisingly enough how many shitty ideas everyone can have, no matter how great they are at writing. So it starts to get a little easier after a, a period of time because you're like, oh, well, I'm not the only one with terrible ideas sometimes. <laughs> you know, and then, and then the great ideas start coming, you know. Like, um, so just, I guess, putting yourself on the line and, and not having that inhibition is, 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 the, is the key and uh, very challenging for me, fighting that inhibition. Yeah. So did you did you do a lot of that before you went looking for co-writes or did you just sort of say, all right, I'm going to challenge myself and do this co-write thing and 
and That's you call, and then did. you got the waves. Next thing you know. That, yeah, <laughs> I did that. <laughs> I was in Nashville, like at a studio, and I, I you know, I, I was trying to write. I wrote a fifteen thousand dollar kind of songwriting grant, and I, I didn't get that. Um, but, but I went over and kind of did everything I set out to do anyway. Just worked an extra job and kind of, you know, made it all kind of happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I was just, I was really hungover. I'm usually, I, when I've got big things on like that, I don't get blind the night before. <laughs> I, got really, I just remember drinking so much cinnamon whiskey. And then I was, it was the hottest I recorded in Nashville for fucking years or something. I was standing out, out the uh, front of this studio with this, this professional producer, co-writer guy and... And it was the first time I'd ever co-written with anyone. <laughs> I just it was not a very pleasant experience. So uh was he was he okay? Was he familiar with that? Like if he's a pro, he must have had a lot of like Rebecca Black types come through who are like, you know, their first song ever is a co-write and they have no idea what's going on. So <laughs> I thought you were comparing me to Rebecca Black. No, exactly the opposite. I was I saying like compa- <laughs> compared to Rebecca Black, what? you look like a pro. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I thought that was better than He's My Number or whatever the song is Friday. that she wrote. Wasn't it? Friday, 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 Friday. Oh, okay. I thought, I what's that, number. hey, you know, Here's My Number, Call Me Maybe thing? Well, is that her or was I that a different artist? I feel like who Call knows? Me Maybe is Are by we, somebody who's a pro. Oh, right. Okay. Because there's a big difference between Friday and Call Me Maybe. Yeah, um, <laughs> Yeah, big difference uh, yeah. in songwriting professionalism there. Um yeah, uh, you know, I guess we still had fun. Look, he was just so used to dealing with, with strangers and, and people that, you know, hadn't done a lot of it. And we wrote a couple of good songs and I cut one of them and it was good. But the second time was when with Vicky. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. the first few times of co-writing were very, 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 very <laughs> intimidating for me. Does that make it feel yes. easy now? Not so much, but it. I know, I know that I'm going to get something out of it regardless. So cool. that's the best thing about it. Because there's a lot of that. I was looking, you've got a new album coming up. Early next year, ish. Fucking February next year. Yeah, it's coming it's out. <laughs> uh, and that's that's full of uh, it's full of collabs. Like, it are is. they duets or are they just like co-songwriting or what's the deal? I've got a, a duet on there that I, it's a song that I wrote, but with uh, Geordie Lane. I'm gathering most people here know who he is, mm-hmm. and so that was that's great. Uh, he's doing the man voice on one of the songs. Um, okay. four Future of friend them. of the show for the record, definitely oh. gunning for him. Sent a yeah. couple of emails. Not yeah. anywhere yet, but feeling hopeful. Just Facebook him. <laughs> oh, Facebook, of course. Just, just cut the uh, cut the cut the management corners and Facebook him. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> I'm just gonna if you um if you yeah. want to. I'll, up, I'll just keep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll just keep everyone <laughs> <laughs> entertained. Right, I can wait. Um, yeah, and then there's four co-writes on there with Vicky, so we ended mm-hmm. up we were end up writing a bunch of stuff. Um, and uh, another co-write with, with a couple of other musicians and one of my producers. I kind of s- took the song from person to person and kept shaping it and split it a little bit until I was happy. So, yeah. Nice. Mm. And did it take a really long time to put together? Because my experience with albums is that sometimes you can knock them over in a week, like White Stripe style, but most of the time it's a long process. Yeah, I'd just broken up with my band for, that I'd had for about two and a half years. So Amic- I Amicable breakup? Ah, well, you know, I talked to two out of the four members, so is that a that's 50-50? Yeah. That's, I think that's a pretty good result. Yeah, not bad. Uh, for a band breakup. Um, but we don't need to dredge up old uh, dirty laundry, do we? Don't we? Is this a scoop? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the band I have now is awesome. Um, but, yeah, uh, so I just decided to – I was just really needed to get the songs out. I'd written about 30, 30 songs around the ones that I wanted to, you know, pick out of. Mm-hmm. And uh, – yeah, I spent all of last year doing that in about five 
four or five different sessions. So um, I started here in Melbourne at Sound Park with Geordie and his band and did that and and moved to Sydney, Melbourne, back to Perth and then did another session in Perth and then went back to Sydney. So it was about nine months of, of around the country recording. Pan-Australian, like you've really yeah. did everything except Brisbane. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> the only reason I did it in Perth is because I live there. <laughs> yeah, true. Still, that's really cool. I mean, that's going to be a great marketing angle, isn't it? This is the true Australian record that's been recorded coast to coast. I'm just going to write that down also. Actually, no, there's a podcast, so I'm, I'll just go back and listen to that. That's fine. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you can, can write my media release and my bio while we're doing the interview. Yeah, it's basically a it's job great. audition. This I feel like great. it's going well. Yeah. All the talk about co-writes, there's a piano yeah. right there. We can do <laughs> later. Uh, yeah. So the other cool thing that you just did was Seed Fund. Oh, Speaking yeah. of doing grants and getting them, uh, yeah. Seed Fund is uh, John Butler. And Mama Kin. And Mama Kin. Wife, Danielle, yeah. Yep. Um, future friend of the show, hopefully, as well. Emails <laughs> out there. Uh, they put together a grant that helps not only artists, but professionals, so managers. And is there some, some other category as well? It's, yeah. it's managers or self-managed artists. So there basically, you if you're trying to you know manage yourself or, or, or manage a band in the industry... Um, they basically put you up for four nights. It, it spans over five days um, up in the Blue Mountains. They pay for everything. You just need to get to the airport. Um, yeah, and the, it's at the Clarendon. Maybe some people have been to the Clarendon in the Blue Mountains. And it's like a three-day intensive masterclass with some of you know, the top managers and every single kind of um, person, I guess, in the indus- industry that has a point of interest in terms of radio or press and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And it's it just expands. It's not just like going to the whammies. The whammies are like the, the Western big Australian. West Australian big yep. sound kind of thing. So right. all the big sound. You know, there's it's very personal relationship based. Mm. And, um, and uh, at the end of it, there's speed dating. So a lot of those managers like John Watson or Michael Parisi or the guys from Triple J or... FBI or or whatever who are there will sit down and you can kind of ask them whatever you want, you know. Cool. I got I got my fair share of free legal advice when uh, Brett Oaten came to my table. I was like, right, so we've got 15 minutes. Does anyone have, anyone else have anything to ask you? You're a lawyer? Great. I've got the floor. Yeah, nice. So I just bombarded him with free legal advice for about 20 minutes. It was it was great. Have you found yourself in some legal strife? Is that why you had to ask about that? Um, not strife. Uh, I can't think of the right word for it. No, it's not an issue. It's a positive. Embroilment. It's a, ah. it's a positive situation. Positive yeah. interaction with the legal system. Are you sure? Well, there are other reason, reasons that you need a lawyer outside <laughs> of uh, outside oh, yeah, of nice. terrible mishaps. <laughs> See, cool. Civil union. Uh? Or just contracts? Is it oh, yeah, <laughs> no, contracts. Okay, cool. Is, yeah. Just looking for a scoop. It's worth, yeah, it, worth yeah. a shot. But yeah. I'm not going to give you any more than that just yet. No, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you came away from that having learned a whole bunch of stuff. Have you maintained those – have any of those relationships stuck? Absolutely. I, I've i just been doing this songwriting mentorship up at the PUSH um, songwriting uh, hub, I guess you can call it, the Brunswick Hall. Um, Charles Jenkins, probably another songwriter that you guys know. I absolutely adore Charles Jenkins and his writing. Um, he's running it. And I, I had Ainsley Wills who was mentoring me last night. Oh. So, um, And she did it a couple of years ago and we just both kind of nerded out and doted. And I had an appreciation moment over the seat. It's just a very bonding 
you know, experience. Um, th there's a lot of artists, you know, it's such a, soli such a solitary and insular kind of journey a lot of the time. Especially when you're self-managed. Yeah. So you cry on your own shoulder and you, you yell at yourself to do you stuff. Do. And we all got to cry at e with each other and Aww. laugh with each other. And it was, it was, there was a lot of tears and a lot of laughing and, and it was just this big release, you know, and a real, a real sense of like feeling that you could kick some ass, you know. Yeah. It's funny because I had this image in my head of managerial types, like certainly not the whole class of managers, but the type of personality that would excel might be a bit cutthroat and a bit standoffish and a bit protective. And then I went and saw STEP, the Society for Tastemakers and something people. They do a, a series of forums. And I went to their forum last week, which was on managing. And there was Jen Cloa, who does I Manage My Love Jen Music. Cloa. Yeah, she's fantastic. Love. And Cy Gould, who manages Hiatus Coyote and a whole, who blew up crazily. So you went from like guy at a party who said, hey, can I manage your band? To yeah. suddenly flying to America three times a week and doing crazy stuff like that. And the, the overwhelming vibe between all of them was that they were all supportive of each other. Like Cy closed the thing. I mean, he just finished talking about how he was ballistically busy, like just nonstop all the yeah. time. It was amazing. He took an hour out of his day to do this. But he said, if any of you want to email me, anybody in the TOF, anybody you know, email me and I'll help you out because managing's tough and we all have to learn together. That's right. And I think that's so cool. that's the way that it's going now, you know. Um, I think, and I don't mean to get too deep or philosophical, but Please. I think, you know, in, in essence that we are moving into like from a, uh, I guess, kind of a, uh, how do you, well, we're moving into a connectivity kind of society and economy, I think. And I think these days it's more about having that connection and that, that close interaction with with your peers than it is about you know getting to the top like industrialism getting to the top and you know working hard and just building this empire yourself you know and mm -hmm. it's and i think there's there's more that we see in it now as 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 a connection between each other you know and i think that's really healthy in the music industry today as well and that definitely is intensified when you sleep approximately <laughs> just about two. came out wrong <laughs> When you, I was about to say, when you sleep with and spend like three or four days with people, sleep in the same hotel with <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, huh? and uh, spend inten an intense amount of time with people that are all very like-minded and very driven and, and all on the same path, you know, and, and you just all of a sudden have this instant community and strong relationship with people that are just, that are very su you're su supportive of each other, you know. So, um, you know, it's, it, it's a really special um, thing to be a part of, absolutely. Makes me wonder if there's a site because there's the seed fund which obviously builds this great community, but is mm. sort of was it folk and roots sort of focus or is it all sorts? It's completely. There was metal and there was oh, hip hop, cool. and then it wasn't so much about the style of music. It was about the business. So cool. were there heaps of managerial like just managers, or were there a lot of self-managed types like yourself? There were mix? one, two, three, four, five self-managed artists because we all because you go into groups for the speed dating at the end, yeah. and we were in like the hardcore self-managed. How do you find the time? Well, I'm lucky. I do have a bit of a team around me. Like, I'd, I, you know, I feel like I uh, find it hard to relinquish all control of mm -hmm. what I'm doing because I always feel that uh, I want to be able to do – I will do anything at all costs to get a job done if it comes to my music. Cool. So I don't feel that anyone's ever going to have that same – passion or drive or foresight mm -hmm. so I want to be always at the top of everything that's happening and then have people around me to kind of help me do that so 
I do spend a lot of time trying to work it all out and plan and, and, and spend a lot of time on my computer. And I do feel that my music suffers as a result. I'm hoping that it's all in light of getting to a point where I have more time to spend not doing that. You know? Who's not that I want you to pick winners within your team. I don't want to foster dissent in, in Team Ruby Boots. But <laughs> uh, when you first started devolving some of your tasks to other people, when oh. you like, w what's what's most essential? What did you need most? Did you need a booking agent, or did you need someone to do your press? Like, where was your? Did you have a weakness, and you thought this is my weak spot? I'm going to make someone else do it. I fucking hate publicity and marketing and and all that kind of stuff. I hate it. Writing really. about yourself. Uh, yeah, and I just don't like no having to spend time on that. That's annoying, you know. But I mean, I used to be a booking agent, so I can at, with a venue back home, so I can book shows pretty easy. But both booking agents and public publicists are really important for me, um, and I guess now and a label having a having some kind of label, you know, I don't want to sit in front of a royalty spreadsheet for six hours. That would make me vomit. I'd love to sit in front of a royalty spreadsheet no. even for fifteen minutes. No, if it was my own music, that'd be lovely. No, it just it, there's a big hot wave that comes over you, and you're like, all oh, these people are, need all this money and they're different percentages, and you just don't know what to do with it. Oh, so you need people to do that for you. Yep. So I have like a label and a publicist and an agent. So. Mm -hmm. mm. Oh, that's fantastic! Mm. Congrats, building a lot of stuff around yourself. Yeah, they cost money. Yeah. But <laughs> well, congrats on earning the money to pay for them. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to because you. I mean, you're you're a full time user, are you? Or do do you work here and there to support yeah, it? Yeah, I'm working three jobs at the moment. Wow. Yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. Okay, it's good to hear. Yeah. I just didn't, yeah, I'm not living so off rare. my music. My music's going back into my music, but um, yeah. yeah. But I I enjoy everything that I do. You know. That mm. How do you go finding jobs two months, four weeks, three weeks at a time? Online. You, you know, I think just in today's society, you can work where if you can find a job where you can work wherever you want in the world, then that's the job that you need as a musician if you can do that. Ah, so what's your yeah. specialty? Yeah, I guess like I work, I'm really passionate about mental health. So I work for a um, for the Mental Health Commission back in Perth mm -hmm. and we uh, we put out a, uh, a compilation CD. I'm the music supervisor for that. Cool. And it's about profile artists that um, openly talk about mental health. Like we had Edward Sharp do an interview this year and mm -hmm. Mama Kin, um, a couple of other artists. So, and we, we get tracks like we've got Dan Sultan on there this year. So I pull all that together and then we, we distribute that through regional areas in WA and, and we try and get a lot of the, um, the Headspace guys on, on board. So I'm really passionate about that kind of side of stuff as well. And, but it's music related, you know, so I'm, I can do that from anywhere in the world as long as I'm getting that final product to, to press by Mental Health Week date deadline, you know, so. Where does that passion for mental health issues come from? Well, <laughs> didn't see that one coming. Um, uh, uh, my mum su suffered from agoraphobia for about six years, so which she couldn't leave the house for about six years. Mm -hmm. So I guess, you know, when you see it take such a heavy toll on somebody it develops some kind of passion inside of you to want to be able to raise awareness about that yeah yeah so did you did you get into the work in that sphere and then spread out or did you Im immediately get into the mental health space as a whole yeah you know i did one of the interviews for the program and i was i was close with one of the people that worked on that and i was going through a pretty hard time at the time because it was um at a peak when my mum was quite unwell and uh it was um the job came up and they rang me and they kind of said look we need someone to take over the role and i was like okay and they sent 
contract and I, I took it. Yeah. That's fantastic. How long have you been doing just that for? Just kind of dropped out of the sky. <laughs> this is my third year this year. Um, so Great. And we've got one more year in the contract. And mm -hmm. it's really exciting. We're going to do uh, – we've got Missy Higgins on board to, to start to with, with stuff, doing photos and stuff like that. So it's good she's back on the scene again. Yeah, That's and great. she's really passionate. I know she's involved with something to do with mental health over here, a mental health society over here. So, um, But, yeah, I just feel really strongly about promoting – I mean, I don't want to go – deep into it but uh yeah about promoting that, that really positive vibe you know in today's society about that yeah well look we're here to talk about anything and everything sure. so if you want to project a positive <laughs> vibe for something yeah. let's let's for mental health <laughs> yeah but uh but you, you know it is it's i think this is a really important topic and 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 for so many years it was it was shunned upon but it's getting better and there's it's it's just reducing that stigma around it probably not so much between us in this room but stretching outside to the people that still have that perception that it's bullshit, basically, you know. Mm. Mm. Uh, so, w what's the what's one thing that you could that we could internalize that would make us better at that? I mean, is there something that you've noticed around the place that you think everyone should be doing and everyone is just being dumb about? Like, is it is there a particular thing that's stigmatized that bugs you, or should people be reaching out to other people in a certain way, or do you think are you okay days? I think of all of that really stuff, I think everything, any kind of thing that's talking about it, if it's mm. being talked about, it's good, you know, it's it's positive and, um, you know, it goes across the board to, or, you know, it's like, again, no one in this room is going to be feeling weird about equality or, or gay marriage, but there are people that do, you know, it's, mm. it's that whole process about making ripples, tiny little ripples that move outward further and further and further, that eventually it becomes a consensus. Yeah, it's Does that that good, strong metaphor. It, yeah, it wasn't really answering your question, but I think what I'm saying is I think everything makes a difference, you know? Like what I'm doing, the Are, are You Okay Day, mm -hmm. all those places, everything that's happening does that. Cool. Oh, we'll definitely link to all that Quite stuff. Quite deep. Podcast. <laughs> Don't be afraid of depth, man. That's the beauty of talking for an hour. This is so much better than having a five-minute shot on the radio to go, sure. Hi, I'm Rubitz, and I came from Perth, and I love mental health, and I'm going to do this sure. thing. Bam. We can yeah. talk. You can sure. Play music. We can do whatever you want to. I mean, I have a cryptic crossword that's half done on the table just there. So, um, it's it's a it's a weird art. Form Anyone has a problem with mental health, you can <laughs> take part in the crossword over here and totally ignore everything I had to say. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, you that I just crossed the wires there and realized that you said that you hated spending time on publicity and yet you made a whole night to do this. So I'm really grateful. Thank you. For yeah, that. this is different. This is this is great. You know. This is um, it's nice to be able to just have it flow. Yeah, real questions. Real questions. Real like questions. Get, get into the hard facts. Oh, I need a stamp that comes down like, real questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a today tonight type thing. As all those shows <laughs> go under, then we're gonna fill that gap. It's gonna be really good. Yeah. Have you been avoiding parking tickets? I mean, I'm just looking for something that I can sh shove a camera in your face and like, and you can chuck a Did glass of water get a at them. Photo of my yeah. face. And I was like. <laughs> Oh, there's what? a fantastic clip of a guy who they go to his house asking, I'm pretty sure it's about parking tickets for today, tonight, and they go to his door and they bang on the door and he comes out and he sees the camera and he goes, I just smoke a little weed. And then he, he fills up a bucket of water he was using to like wash his car and he just chucks it over the woman with no warning, like in, in her immaculate outfit with the makeup and everything and the blonde hair and the look on her face right before, because it's a video, you can go back as many times as you want. Yeah, just the, the <laughs> horror on her face as he begins to say, oh. And to think the paranoia that this guy opens his door and his first thing is, I just smoke a little weed, man. Like, that's cool. 
So it'd be great if anybody knows him to get him on the show, is what I'm trying to say. I really want to get into what's going on inside of his head. Uh, <laughs> um, so actually, that's something I'd like to ask about. How do you feel about drugs and music? Do you think that it has a place? Do you think that it's mythologized too much? Do you think it's up to each individual? Do you have an opinion? Yeah, sure. I have an opinion on everything. Yeah, um, good. All right, let's go. Well, One. Maybe not in everything, but I am fairly opinionated. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd, I again, still very open at the same time about it. I think it, it depends, you know. If I have a cone, there's no way I can play a chord. So <laughs> maybe for someone yep. smoking, you know, a reefer, compared to me, it has a completely different effect and a, a different feeling. Like I, I really need to be sober i feel like even especially if i'm not at like match fit i find it hard to to really tap into a lot of um free-flowing creativity so to the point where i'm exercising like five or six times a week and i'm, mm -hmm. I'm really i'm really in involved in in cl clarity uh outside of drugs because mm -hmm. i find um i have a lot of nervous energy and i think drugs enhance that inside of me so mm -hmm. um on no matter what it is, uh, mind you, I haven't tried heroin, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'd probably break the mold on that particular. Maybe that. Yeah. <laughs> maybe <laughs> so that's the clause in the contract. Yeah, but uh, free legal advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, look, it's an important part of the zeitgeist because some artists, like, imagine having the the wherewithal to be addicted to heroin and still be able to come out with anything, to come out with music, to come out with books. Like, there was an era there where. Granted, it killed 90% of them, but there was an era of musicians and artists who were creating amazing material I'll be sure. totally smacked up. That's unbelievable yeah. to me. And writers, you know, just novel, novels as well. But I guess for me, um, yeah, I just, I feel like if I'm really ridiculously healthy and I'm keeping very, very, very clean and fit, mm -hmm. then I feel like I'm on a, a large amount of drugs anyway. So, yeah. um, but, high. you know, I have, I have taken drugs and, and written and... I'm 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 okay about that. I'm not sure if I turn around the next day and and quite go, that's awesome, like I did when I was on the drugs the night before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, just oh my god, did you see how awesome that was? Yeah. You know, like I'll <laughs> do it again. It you go. No, I wasn't. Nice. I wasn't playing a song. I was just making a point. It's a C. <laughs> you C. Got, did you guys hear that? It's a C. So good. <laughs> you know. I have I've done it and I've I've come <laughs> woken up I don't know maybe two days later or something but uh and just gone <laughs> it's fucking rubbish you yeah. know it's absolutely rubbish it seems so, so good at the time well look at yeah. the doors though because I mean they they what they thought sounded cool at the time did in the end so really it's so tough it's subjective and yeah. anything surrounding music is is, is subjective mm -hmm. I think you know so so when you say match fit do you mean you do you mean match fit like you've been playing a lot of gigs and you've been practicing with your voice a lot and you've been keeping your hands warmed up for guitar? Or do you mean like genuinely like running 10Ks and then getting up on stage? And yeah, I swim a lot. I'm, 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 I'm not um, Because of the boat thing? Was it like... No, it's not because <laughs> I have... I actually really don't like the ocean that much, to be honest. Um, well, congrats on getting away from that yeah. part of your life. <laughs> that's good news. It's, I got, that's why I got into music, just to get off the boat. Oh, and it's the waves <laughs> connection too. This, it's sink or swim. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. More stuff for the story <laughs> and the media release. Yeah. Wow. No, I'd just like to bring it full circle because we're getting towards the you end. So I want to like tie it all together. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I just I, I I mean I think as I've got I've gotten older I just like to be uh I like to be fit I like to be mm-hmm. I like to be clear in my brain you know I like to be mentally clear and um that's what I mean by match fit. Did that was that sort of a um I'm just beginning to notice that in my wider group of friends like I I'm 28 and I think it's in the late 20s a lot of people sort of go oh my god hold on I'm not going to be fit and like able and attractive for very long and they're close to fitting and yeah exactly (laughs) like this is towards the end and so then like you go through this renaissance of trying to take care of yourself for the first time in your life especially as australians where we're brought up in a binging culture totally absolutely yeah Yeah. it could be a real shock to the system and there was uh, you know yeah absolutely there was a lot of binging going on but and but and for me it's more of a a, it's state of mind you know Mm -hmm. uh it's meditation kind of exercise kind of state of mind and i know this is a little nerdy but that's how, I, that's how I do it, you know. Can we nerd out on that briefly? Because I was just reading about Vipassana meditation. I was listening to okay. Rivers Cuomo from Weezer. He just did an interview with Mark Marin, who's one of the great podcasters, for those of you who are podcasting nerds. Sure. Just came out totally worth listening to. Like, if it's your first time listening to a podcast, cool entry point. Okay, I'll write that down. Oh, well, it's... I've done something similar. I haven't done Vipassana yet, yeah, but I've done something similar to Vipassana. Yeah, so you like... Do you sit in one place and you focus on your body and you try to forget where you are, or are you like a uh, destroy your thoughts as they come <laughs> in kind of person, or do you have a like do you have a thing? I just take ten minutes out, like three or four times a week now. That's mm-hmm. just what I do, and and sometimes I do it before I sleep. But um, yeah, that's that's the vibe. Is mm-hmm. yeah, I I I actually thought. I mean, you might be able to help clarify this. I actually thought that vipassana was actually a long longevity of of. Yeah, it is. So it is. Yeah. So it's not just a type. It is. Yeah. So I did something similar to that um, me- a few years ago, but I guess it just kind of snapped me out of a few things and um, and and just moved me towards understanding how great it is to be clear mentally. Wow, I should really try it with a bit more focus because for me, I've I think it's cool, but it's just good to like calm the nerves. I haven't reached that point where it it has changed anything functional about my life. Well, I guess well. What we're saying is that you you're saying the same thing as I am, right? Where you go away and you you're silent for ten days and or or fifteen days. Sometimes it's up to three months or a year. I don't know. Depends. It depends. I I know that that people go and live on mountains for a couple of years at a time, and mm-hmm. you know, just like heroin, I considered that as well. Um, but if you were going to do that, would you take your guitar? No, absolutely not. <gasps> no. So you wouldn't like go home at like Boniver, Boniver, Bon Boniver, however he says. Go home. Well, no, go out into a, a place in the woods and not see anyone, but be there with all your gear and be that productive. That would be a different experience. If you were going out to meditate, you know, I, I don't think that's th- then that's what you would be doing, you mm. know, in my opinion. That's a really good way to tie together everything and come towards the end. I'd love to know if you have any closing remarks of any kind. Like, do you feel like there's something that you wanted to get off your chest or...? Only a, only a song. I'm, I'm kind of getting to the point where I'd, I'd really like to play a song. Yeah, rad. Is that is that okay? Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, we're winding up at the hour anyway. Oh, do so we maybe do all the songs the at the end? And you can have a bit of a thing. Well, do you want to sit up here with me for this song? You for this do song? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. sweet. And then we right. and then maybe there's some closing remarks at the yeah. end. Because okay. I love, I like it's a it's a unique pleasure sitting up here, and I might start subbing out with people in future because <laughs> it's so good sitting here as somebody plays right next to you. Go check my Facebook. Oh yeah, check your Facebook. Do the tuning. Uh, I'll take I'm not checking my Facebook. <laughs> that is not what I'm doing. <laughs> um, while, sh- while Bex is doing that, um, 
you guys should definitely check out some of the other stuff at waitlongbytheriver.com. We've got a couple of podcasts that have gone crazy recently, most notably Darren Hanlon. There's probably a few people in the room who are Darren Hanlon fans. Probably a few people are here maybe who learned about the podcast from Darren Hanlon. Uh, but it's definitely worth checking him out. And also, like, we had Tom Davis. He's a circus performer, and he talks about the art of juggling and also some crazy family circumstances that led him to write, like, the best Melbourne Fringe show this year, which is called Left. If you get a chance to go and see that, it'll blow you away. Uh, anyway, like, hit us up on Facebook. Come talk to me afterwards. The podcast is really picking up some momentum right now, so I'd love to hear people's feedback so that I'm not just stuck in my own head doing the crying on my own shoulder thing that we were talking about with the self-managing because uh, self-managing as a musician, uh, not much of a success. Are you a self-manager? Uh, well, I don't know if you can call it that if I didn't get anywhere or do anything for myself. Uh, but uh, yes, yeah. But with the podcast, it's going great. I mean, look at all you people. This is fantastic. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, it's a good um, thing that you're doing here. It's yeah, a really well good thing. It's a, spa- it's a gap. I don't know if anybody else is doing this stuff. And if they are, I'm super keen to talk to them. But as far as I know, it's just myself and Step. And other than that, nobody's doing it live it's great it's a really good thing yeah um all tuned up i am i think i hope that sounds a lot better than the last song (laughs) so we do something on um talking about the whole boat thing yeah i guess the boat thing uh gave me an essence of what solitude and isolation uh can actually give to you and, it, and often loneliness can uh, just uh, make you feel really shitty. <laughs> it, can, it can make you feel – it's a negative feeling, but I think a lot of the time it can be turned around on its head and be used in a really positive way and, and it's a good time for that, that kind of reflection. And I did a lot of that, like I said, on the boat, so that's why I wanted to start with this one. It's called Solitude. sky is 
it's purple gray. I know it's just gotta be this way. On solitude's a good friend. Thank you. So when you're playing stuff like that, I can hear the band arrangement in there. I can hear the hits that you, you chuck in there, like yeah. the, the stops and starts and, and the sort of swells and stuff. How do you feel having played with a really big, tight, awesome band, being a solo artist again? Does it, do you, does it feel like you're out on your own again? Do you feel a bit exposed? I started as a solo artist and I have a really strong opinion about this this question. I, I really, and I've discovered that over the last year, is that I really like playing small rooms like this as a solo artist. Like anything bigger than this room, I just, I don't want to do ever. I, I want to, I'd really like to tour the, the country in house concerts uh, cool. next year because I, I just love it. I can play and I can sit on the table and get on my knees and not have to stand in front of a microphone and have that happen. Like, I like playing acoustically. I have a, a loud enough voice to do that. Yeah. So I love doing that solo. But, you know, if I'm playing, I, I'm open for the Stray Sisters at the zoo and, and I, I fucking hate it, you know. I, mm -hmm. I hate it. It was by myself in front of 350 people and it was hot and it was just, it was, it, there's no connection. And, again, it comes down to that connection. So Do you feel like the connection takes a different form when you've got a different group of people? I feel like maybe, like, with individuals in a small room like this, as a solo artist, you can sort oh. of be a bit more one-on-one. -on -one, but if you've got a, just a group of 300 people in front of you, it's oh. all about movement. Like if you have a band, you can make them move and then you know that they're reacting in some way, whereas if they're not dancing, it's like... Absolutely, but you know, you kind of look at someone like Passenger who's going out and playing to 800 people and you're like, that guy can just get up in front of 800 people and people want to lick his sweat off his forehead, you know? <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's, it's that whole thing and it just depends on, on, on who you're playing to and I think, you know, I like to play to people that want to hear a song from a story's point of view and, and hear a song and... You know, I'm not trying to write a pop melody, so it just it it's it's a, it's there's never any right or wrong answer to it. But for me personally, I love playing this kind of gig and or house concerts and stuff like that solo. But I love playing with my band. I, yeah, I love that. I know a great house concert for you in Ballarat, so I'll have to hook you up. Great. Yeah, there's a lot of it going around. I mean, I just did the So Far Sounds, and um, cool. and you know, I've done. A bunch of stuff, like, you know, I did a, a house concert to, like, 75 people in Bunbury, which I, I'd never go and play in Bunbury because I don't want to play, which is a, pu a place in WA. It's about two hours out of mm. WA. But I don't want to play the only pub that's in Bunbury because I I don't like the pub and I don't want to be asked to be played ACDC or, mm -hmm. you know, Different Cold crowd. Chisel. So I'd rather just not play there, you know. But mm -hmm. but with the house concerts, it gives you a whole different different format to play on, mm -hmm. you know, and you can play to a listening crowd. And I don't have to worry about a microphone or whatever so how do you find them how do you find them yeah i think you just put it out there you know you, you put it out there and Magic you either attract media. it yeah you, you either attract that at your gigs because you're thinking about it all the time like mm -hmm. a, a little bit 
you know, are spiritual, but or at the same time, you know, it's just you're talking about it all the time. People are like, oh, I know this. And like we just talked about it now. I mentioned it and you said I know one in Ballarat. Mm-hmm. Great. I'm going to get that info off you, you know. So, yeah. Well, everybody out there in listener land, particularly those outside of the major centres who wants to have Ruby Boots come and play at the house, you should totally get in touch with us. I'll on stand on your tables. I'll sing, I'll sing you Janis Joplin on your tables. Yeah, nice. And if your table is really special, uh, happy, presumably Bex is happy to compromise. Just so you know. Yeah, I can stand on a chair. Yeah, nice. No, I don't want I don't want tables like this though. No, this is wobbly as and has it's lovely. Be a sturdy flowers. coffee table, right? Um, thanks, Sun Velvet Morning, for putting flowers on our table and for having us. Um, thanks so much, all of you guys, for turning out. You should give yourselves a huge pat on the back. Uh, that would be lovely. I mean that literally. Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, and for and listening to us talk yeah, for like an hour. Yeah, thanks so much, Bex, for taking this risk and coming up here and sitting on stage for an hour. Because that takes some bravery. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, am I interesting enough to sit up here an hour and talk? I don't know. What do you think? Is she interesting <laughs> enough to sit up here and talk for an hour? <laughs> That's the show. Uh, The rest of the set will go up on SoundCloud soon. Keep an eye on the Facebook group to find out about that and other things podcast-related. I have a couple of excellent interviews in the can at the moment, so you won't want to miss them. Same goes with live recordings. Come see one on the first Wednesday of every month at Sun Velvet Morning, the little wooden bar run by people with excellent taste in food, music, and live interview shows. Until next time... Makes me old because like half the people in the room. Are, well, <laughs> I've been here for a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, some of us. <laughs> you shouldn't be playing pick the suburb <laughs> still after two years. Sure, I can. <laughs> Five years of me asking for everything for free, and finally somebody said yes. I'm always like, I'd like two wines, please. And is that, is that free? And you know, normally it doesn't work. But. And Walk it did. Thinking about trying heroin and I was like, that's <laughs> 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 gonna be such a bad idea, but it's so inviting. Um, the end, so I want to like tie it all together. <laughs> yeah. Um, a burning question about life at sea or meditation or, or heroin. Or heroin, if you want to. Look, I can't edit it out if you keep making Spani- callbacks. The Spanish, <laughs> the Spanish language. Yeah, the Spanish language. <laughs> Is there a particular Shiraz you like? Bartender. Oh, who knows? Yeah. Oh. Some Velvet Morning is known for its service, ladies I love, and gentlemen. I love this venue. I've played here for so long. It's oh, great. I love it as well.